Okay, Betsy, when you're ready, tell me what you're experiencing. I can hear episodes without commercials. It just jumps right in. Where is this happening? Apollo Plus. I can listen to hundreds of awesome shows. I see revenue, 70% floating to the creators. And now I hear bonus material, exclusives, scenes I never heard before. Okay, okay, how do we get there? I'm seeing people sign up on the Apollo app and apollopods.com. They all look so happy. That's all I got. I think that was plenty, Betsy. I am of a body born into decay. What of my spirit? Where do these feelings end and begin? Is this infinite? Or is it, too, born into decay, in line with some unknown measure? Am I an illusion? Even to myself. All this, I realize, may be just toil in my mind. Yet, am I even of my own mind? Or am I of beyond? I wait for your answer and mine. You're listening to Remote. Pardon me, gentlemen. Hey, Leonard. Haven't seen you in a while. Thought you might have been abducted by aliens. (laughs) (laughs) That's not something my studies are focused on. Can you bend my fork with your mind, Leonard? Dr. Clark, with all due respect, I just have a quick question for Dr. Giles. What is it, Gray? This afternoon. Would you have time to help with a translation? It's from an audio recording. Oh, I can translate it for you. Take me to your leader. (laughs) Sure. Swing by at 345. See you then. Thank you for your time. Later that day, Dr. Gray waited outside the office of Dr. Giles for 45 minutes. He eventually showed up to let him in. He was reluctant at first but thought, if anything, it could result in an entertaining story to tell other faculty. He also took pity on his colleague. I'm playing it backwards, you can hear it fairly clear. It competes with the student's voice a little. Uh Uh-huh, that is Latin. I just need to use my headphones to hear it better. And what was she doing when she recorded this? Well, this student of mine is a ghost hunter. She was staying in a room at the Driscoll. I think she planted the voice, but I figured I'd humor her regardless. Sorry, I couldn't hear all you said. I think I got the translation, though. I'm almost sure it's Mane Nabiscum Chieso. Stay with us, please. Whoever recorded it is pretty damn creepy. Interesting. Thank you. Dr. Giles. Sure. Hey, I heard a rumor that your son went missing. Ran away from you or something? Is that true? I haven't spoken about my son to anyone. So it's not true? I know precisely where he is. Thanks again. 
Dr. Gray sat in his living room in darkness. He stared at his phone on the table, waiting for any kind of contact. An unopened bottle of vodka stood close by and ready, along with a glass filled with melting ice. He set his phone to record, stood up and made his way to the middle of the room, taking a seat on the floor in a meditative position. He began clearing his mind. Quickly, he attained a quiet, peaceful state and remained. A half hour had passed, and he began to feel like he was no longer alone. Boo. Paxson! What the hell are you doing here? What's wrong? Two too many spooks in your home? I'm not one of you anymore. <laughs> Thankfully. Dr. Gray stood and looked around to make sure it was only the two of them in the room. What do you want? I think it's pretty obvious. You've been asked to not conduct certain experiments, you know, for the good of the country you once served so dutifully. Yet, rumor has it, you still conduct certain experiments. Rumors? Gossip? Trusted sources. Paxson, as we both know, the endeavor is harmless, fruitless. <clears throat> Dr. Gray was struck viciously by Agent Paxson and took a knee on the floor. He let the blood seep out of the corners of his mouth and then got back up to face Paxson. That ends now. So, tell me about your relationship with Betsy Mills. She's a student of mine. What else? Nothing more. Records show she's been earning extra lab credit from you recently. Yeah. Are these remote viewing sessions? She's suffering from the death of her mother. She has... Awful dreams, depression, hallucinations. What does she tell you about her mother? Cute. You know I can't tell anyone anything about that. I've said enough as it is. Please, divulge. All I know is she died in a plane crash. What does it matter to you? How has your son been? Not sure. He's traveling the country and refuses to talk to me. Are you sure he's in the country? You would know, wouldn't you? Oh, you can't track him, can you? He's quite sophisticated, technologically speaking. Nobody can stay off the grid for long. I'm sure he'll turn up. And in the meantime, see what you can find out about the mother. And if we find out again you're training others on remote viewing, I will cut out your son's sophisticated brain and feed it to your dog. I don't have a dog anymore. Paxson eyed Dr. Gray with suspicion and malice. He then backed away and left the house with silent steps. Dr. Gray retrieved his phone from the table and stopped the recording. Dr. Gray sat in the dark in deep thought, 
A storm-like energy was building inside his mind. He stood up quickly and maneuvered through the blackness of his home. He put on gloves and climbed into his attic. Balancing across the beams, he crouched in a seemingly random area and sifted through insulation. He pulled up a large plastic bag. Inside it was a phone, a hard drive, and a gold-colored Glock. Hello, it's me. I know it's been a while, but I need a favor. Why would anyone care about Autumn Mills? If you could give me any hard-to-find information, I can pay you. Call me back. The door on Betsy's apartment was still broken. Dr. Gray easily got through and crept inside. A single yellow lamp lit the small dusty space. He pulled a recording device from his pocket, laid it on the coffee table, and hit record. I'm in Betsy's apartment, seeing if I can pick up any more voices, entities. If there's something here, you can speak. The doctor walked through the room, attempting to make no sound. He approached a bookshelf, drawn to a glass case of medals, a navy cross, and a medal of honor awarded to Commander Shane Mills, alongside a picture of him in uniform. Dad was a navy seal? That I did not know. On a lower shelf, a photo of Betsy and her mother on Mount Rainier drew his attention. He picked it up and studied Autumn's face. Where have I seen you before? I know seven different ways to kill you with my hands. Take it easy. I'm a friend. Not of mine. Put that picture down. Who are you? What's your name? State your business. State my business? Yeah. I'm a teacher of Betsy's. I'm Dr. Gray from UT. Oh, you? Why are you here? Why are you here? I'm apartment sitting. You gonna answer my question now? Dr. Gray picked up his recording device and shut it off. I don't know how much she's told you. I know that she's clairvoyant or whatever the proper term is. I thought she'd be back by now. Haven't heard from her in a couple days, so I stopped by and saw the door was smashed in. I was worried she was somewhere in here hurt. Have you spoken to her? We've been texting. She seems fine, but she's probably lying. That's good. She's responding. He took a step back and looked again at the photos. Do you know, did her father die in combat? Yes, in Afghanistan. She never really spoke about him. It's interesting. And since losing her mom, she has no family left. Only me. Well, it seems she's in excellent hands. You can exit your fighting pose, by the way. Oh, yeah. It's just so natural for me. I forget I'm doing it sometimes. I'll leave you be. You think she's getting into any trouble out there? Do one of us need to go after her? Time will soon tell.
Dr. Gray sat waiting in his classroom for students to arrive. He was listening, searching through old recordings on his hard drive. Something deep inside was driving him to it. He didn't know what it was. His fingers tapped at his laptop, shuffling through files until he thought he may have found it. Can you describe the tunnel you're in? There's seats, uh, a walkway in the middle, an airplane. I'm seeing an airplane. Do you see people on the plane? And what are they doing? Reading, sleeping, eating. Typical. Nothing stands out. Well, now, they're all looking around at each other, sitting up. There's, um, a person on the intercom talking. Can you make any of it out? I think it's... Stay with us. Stay with us, please. I just... She keeps saying it. It sounds like a loop. Shit! What happened? I'm sorry, I lost it. It was like a flash of fire and it all just ended. Hmm. Odd. Something felt different that time. There was far less noise. It was coming at me really clear. That's good. I'm checking the envelope. The target was on Red River at an ATM near the Mohawk. Really? Yeah. That doesn't make sense. This is such a fucking waste, this process. What I saw and heard was real. He shut his laptop and pulled the earpiece out. His eyes scanned a full classroom. His students stared at him, waiting. Good morning, all. I believe you have assignments to turn in to me. He conducted his classes on autopilot. While inside his head, he analyzed the parallels that this old recording seemed to present. It was too much for him to dismiss. That evening, Dr. Gray sat in a coffee shop alone. He thought about his passive state and whether or not it would benefit him much longer. Then he saw someone familiar sitting nearby. He became magnetized to him. Good evening, Dr. Clark. Leonard? How's everything going? I get it. You won't ever address me as Dr. Gray, because you don't believe parapsychology is a real subject, something worthy of a PhD. Does that really bother you when I call you Leonard? My first name is Daniel. Oh, I wonder why I thought you were a Leonard. That's a shame. Daniel doesn't have the same ring to it. I prefer Dr. Gray, so it would be proper etiquette to address me as such. If I choose to even speak to you in the first place, I will call you what I want. Dr. Gray felt the heat rushing to his face. He was on the verge of erupting. The room fell quieter as attention began to lock onto the energy of the exchange. Are you about to hit me or something? This has gone nowhere. I thought that you could be a man of fairness and reason. Sorry to disappoint you, Daniel. Dr. Gray walked off. He gathered his things from his table and left the coffee shop. As he walked through the campus, he felt as though he was being watched and couldn't stop looking over his shoulder. His phone began to buzz, 
He found a bench and sat down to answer it. Hello. What have you found? Anything? She was being surveilled for how long? Wow. Okay. And it lasted right up to her death or the whole time. All right. Could there be more information out there? I can pay. Yes, I understand. If you find anything else, please let me know. Thanks. That night, Dr. Gray sat again in darkness in his living room, staring at his phone, waiting for a message. He stood up and walked to an open space. Sitting down on the floor, he began to meditate. His clarity was strengthening each day as he continually practiced, honing his inner focus and discipline. A swirling flower-shaped spiral of purple and black filled the space behind his eyes. He could feel himself pass through it, and in an instant he witnessed a horrifying scene unfold. His son was bloody and beaten. Men dragged his body through what seemed to be a dungeon. They dropped him by a small metal door, opened it, and crammed him inside. The door was shut and locked. Inside, he can see the life leaving Jacob. If I am to own my own destiny, I can no longer stay hidden in the shadows. These plans I have, these mysteries before me, must be acted upon. I must now take responsibility for past, present, and future. The future has been shown to me must show myself to that future and correct it. In the morning, Dr. Gray packed a small, neat bag and got in his car. As he drove, he made sure that he was not being followed, and then began to make his way out of the city, westward to the coast. He could be in Mendocino in two days, which gave him plenty of time to reflect and study his old recordings. Okay, this is Dr. Gray, interviewing Betsy Mills for the first time. Betsy, tell me why you signed up for this semester's research study. Extra credit. Is that the only reason? I'm trying to get my master's quickly, so I gotta cram in the extra stuff whenever possible. And I like keeping busy. Would you consider yourself a creative person? Aren't we all? Some more than others. I don't like to judge my- You do design work, yes? I do. No need for modesty. I suppose I'm creative. Have you ever encountered spirits? Had visions of future events? Premonitions? Any other psychic feelings or interests? Do you have to record this part? 